0: Nobody has a right to booze unless he earns the money. It ought to be a law. You don't work, you don't drink. And your kids. The white kids. Money don't mean nothing to them. Motorcycles, marijuana, fight out of records. They got no respect for the president of the United States. 42% of all liberals are queer. That's a fact. The Wallace people took a poll. Aerial view. Oh, Live. End times talk oh, radio.
1: Day. 6 p.m. Eastern Sign Time. Call 760 422 5528. The You have a podcast? Cool. Oh, yeah, I invented them. Throw
0: them on the same goddamn Screw America way. <laughs> Let's clear the bones of
1: A serious responsibility.
0: Come on, baby. Show the man your power, big. Blast him! Give
1: him some of that toll! Oh, man. It's showtime. Won't you smile? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure. It's a talk show. You know, people phone. All- to Sometimes he agrees with the times him How are you today? Hi, thank Nice to see you. Have a nice day. Because you're bastard people. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? They said when you got here, the whole thing started. Who are you? What are you? Where did you come from? I
0: think you're the cause of all this. I think you're evil.
1: Evil! Yes, hi, I was wondering if this was the same Chris T. who does um, the radio show. Because um, if it is, I think your show's really great. Um, but if it isn't, um, I'm sorry to have bothered you. I... Your milkshake! I drink it up! What sort of talk is that? Modern talk? Go oh, a bunch of punches wearing masks! Punks and the misfits get all the headlines. You want to know what I think? I think there's some kind of deviated. That you were organizing some kind of mutiny of preverts. Yeah, you bet your sweets, Mr. Commie. Strike me again! know, Chris,
0: the, the thing about being upset is that, besides it sometimes being a turn-on to women, is that it's not a state that you really want to be in when you make an important decision.
1: Well, you listen to me, you wide-mouthed punk. We've heard just about all we want from you. You are not sleepy or tired, ever.
0: I don't know about that. I'm a little sleepy, I'm a little tired. I was reading this article the other day. This is what comes from reading. Nothing good ever comes from reading. Uh, That there might be a link, might, could be a link between uh, dementia and uh, getting less than seven hours of sleep a night. So if that's true, guess who's getting dementia? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah the last thing i need i already feel like i'm out of my fucking mind so it wouldn't be that far a leap to dementia it's me chris t here on the where every sunday you can catch a hound howl at 3 p.m eastern time followed by mark and miriam with the doo chop shop of the air crashing z party i tried to get him to replace the with z and they just laughed at me. Just laughed and laughed. And they didn't stop laughing. They might still be laughing, as far as I know. Uh, last Friday, I was very happy to welcome my cousin, Jen, as we did the show live from my store, That Cave, up there in Socrates New York. And, of course, that's a lost show now. Somehow the show did not record. It's... the uh, It's what happens when you rely on just one piece of gear, and when I'm at home, where I am now, here in the Hawk, I am doing three recordings, three separate recordings on three separate devices, just in case, but up there in Socrates, I made a very foolish amateur hour mistake, and I just used the one recorder, even though I had a backup recorder with me. That's what really makes it stupid, with two O's. So that show is now lost to time, unless somebody out there recorded that show. If you recorded the show, give me a call at 760-422-5528. I would love to hear from you. Tonight, very excited to welcome an old friend. We go way back way back to the early 1980s when he was in a band and I was in a band and often our bands would be on the same bill. His band was Adrenaline Overdose, better known as AOD, NJHC, and my band, you've heard me talk about it, was Nihilistics, NYHC, and Bruce George Wingate and I became friends because uh, he's a man with an excellent sense of humor. And uh, now he's got a very healthy Facebook presence. Isn't that where everything happens? It's sickening. It's sickening, I tell you. sickening. And he's frequently updating us on what's happening with his mom. Because uh, several years ago, after his dad passed on, he moved in with his mother down in Florida. And it's just been nonstop hilarity. So... We'll talk to Bruce about mom updates and so much more, his life in Florida, the aborted AOD tour of Europe due to the pandemic, whether or not that sucker will be back on. Uh, I have so many questions for Bruce. It's been a long time since we sat and talked. So uh, he'll join us in just a few. But uh, first... I think it's time for an upside down update because we didn't do one last week so let's see what horrifying shit is in the news what do you say Uh, let's see some guy who discovered some shipwrecked boys died at the age of 90 peter warner a story that was called a real life lord of flies I kind of remember this story from 1968. So, uh, dead now. Gone. Insofar as what's on the front page of the paper, the CDC has recommended restarting the Janssen and Janssen vaccine. (laughs) The Janssen... I don't know, that just cracks me up. It's very immature. I get it. I get it. I don't mean to be that in- immature. Are they related to the brothers Johnson, I wonder? Hey, could be. Doubtful. Could be.
1: Man might use that time to put some stink on the Johnson. The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Johnson. Johnson? The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Johnson. Johnson? The word itself. Yes. Yes,
0: all right. Stop belaboring the, jo- the point. The word itself. What? Why do I have this 1500 times?
1: Jo- Fuck sympathy. I don't need your fucking sympathy, man. I need my fucking Johnson.
0: Oh, this is the one I was looking for. Here we go.
1: You've got your sunrise. You caught you a cries. Mm. You,
0: you're making your Johnson. Johnson.
1: Party nights, summer whites. You, you're your friends, friends and your Johnson. Johnson. Rooster tails water trails you your, you, your kids and your, your johnson. johnson oh your kids saturday nights distant lights, lights. you your girl and, and your, your johnson. johnson you and your you johnson. johnson a way of life for over 50 years
0: oh that always gets me gets me right here no wait right here so yeah they're recommending that they restart the Jensen Jensen vaccine and why are they recommending that? Because I don't uh, need your sympathy. All right, we heard that already. Because people are getting all fucked up by this pandemic. It's it's gone on more than a year now. And it's 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 fucking everybody up. It's fucking me up, it's fucking you up. It's fucking us all up. And I'm tired of it. Tired. Tired of what it's doing to my brain. It's doing weird weird things to my brain. And I'm sure it's doing the same to you too. We need our brains, even if we only use, what is the one quarter of them? One eighth of them at any given time? I don't know. We still need them. And my brain, I go around mostly in a fog. This is my internal thought mechanism most of the time. Is everything I'm doing wrong? Can I do anything Right. right? Am I headed into disaster? Is that what I'm doing? Is it all going to end badly? That's pandemic thinking. Oh, yeah. Nothing like a pandemic to fuck you up. There's not much else news worthy (laughs) to report to you. So, uh, let's call Bruce. What do you say? Let's get Bruce on the phone and perk things up here. Perk thing. I say, let's call Bruce and perk things up here. Here we go. I'm just going to dial it manually because that doesn't seem to be working. It's a good thing I have a lot of experience in doing live radio. Other people would be in a sheer panic right now. I am calm, cool, and collected. I'm in the zone. Wherever the hell that is. The auto zone.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Is this BGW? You got it. Does anyone ever call you BGW, or is that stupid?
1: No one actually calls me BGW. My my mom calls me Brew.
0: Ooh, I like that. How do you that's feel really about it?
1: Only, most people call me Wingate. I, they just drop my first name, just cut right to the chase, really. I, I, I guess it's okay. I don't mind when women call me that.
0: BGW or
1: Wingate? Wingate.
0: I feel weird calling you that because I almost feel like I should be shouting it at you like you're working for me.
1: Wingate! Well, yeah, that that's... Right. That it's sort of a different vibe when a when a woman says it It takes on almost like a like a one name celebrity kind of thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yes, I could see that being a little better than the Wingate that I just displayed.
1: I don't like people calling me Brucey either, but again, I don't mind women calling me Brucey. So,
0: so one of the what I've what I've figured out so far in the two minutes we've been talking is like women, as far as you're concerned, can get away with anything.
1: Yeah, pretty okay, much. All right. Yep,
0: I think we've determined that. Sure. All right. So when did you start putting the George in the middle?
1: Um, you know, um, I sort of did that in maybe in my 30s, moving onward from there, actually. It just sounds, you know, it's my dad's name. And, um, you know, I just um, I, I just like the sound of it. Everyone always tell me it sounds it sounds very British.
0: I think it sounds regal if that's the same thing. Sounds you know, kind of regal.
1: You know, the ladies at the deli told me that. The exact same thing. So it sounds very regal. Yep.
0: Wow. Did they ask if you drink your tea with your pinky up in the air as well?
1: Um. They just knew. All right. They could tell just by looking.
0: I was saying earlier that we met in the early 80s. It might have been as early as 1981. Do you remember uh, us meeting or when it what it would have been or where it would have been? Um... How how good is you know, your memory for this shit, by the it's
1: way? It's weird. There are some things I remember distinctly. There are other things I don't remember at all. And, um, you know, luckily I know people that can usually fill in the blanks or vice versa. Do you know what I mean? Like, together we sort of make my contemporaries from back then and our contemporaries, I think we sort of make a, a collective memory of what we think happened.
0: Oh, well, recently sure. I've had that thing where people tell you something you did that you have no memory of and you're shocked
1: by it. Sure, sure. I've I've had a couple of those, actually. Yeah. I only, re- within the past maybe three years, I finally got the details of a, a night I saw the Butthole Surfers that I just did not recall at all. I, I knew that I was there. I don't really recall how I got there or what the circumstances were. And that was sort of filled into me. But I think I probably I wanna say that we probably met around eighty two. Yeah. And I say sounds that right. because I had moved to Texas briefly and came back around some at some point in eighty two.
0: Were you fleeing a warrant or what what was happening?
1: Um, I had just graduated high school. My brother was living in Waco and it was just one of those weird uh you know, weird 17-year-old decisions. I'll move to Texas. How and close did you come did. to
0: getting involved with the Branch Davidians, for God's sakes? I mean, Waco. Well,
1: you know, this is funny because my uh, there was a bar my brother hung out at that, that apparently uh, Koresh hung out at as well. But, uh, I mean, I was too young to hang out at the bar at that point. I wasn't even old enough. I don't know if the drinking age was 18 or 21. Whatever it was, I, I wasn't old enough to go to a bar. You
0: could have ended up in his band. you could have been in Koresh's band. I feel like
1: I, so ma- so many things could have happened at that point in my life and um, what ha- what what happened was I just got on the bus and came back and it's funny when I left you know the the um, a tr- greater tri-state area, everyone was listening to Johnny Thunders and when I came back. Nine months later, everyone was listening to the Bad Brains, so it was just that little time where just everything flipped, kind of.
0: The switch got thrown.
1: Yeah, yep. and I want to say, I want to say, I probably met you for the first time maybe at either a uh, a show in Long Island with um, the Undead, which is one of the first sort of quote unquote hardcore shows I can recall going to. Yeah. And then another time we, I remember hanging out with you uh, extensively to, was at the show place. Um, In Dover, New so, Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, that place. I, you know what I remember about that, which no one ever talks about whenever they mention it? The the sound man there was an old hippie, and he had this crazy setup where he would play his guitar along to whatever music he was playing over the PA system.
0: Oh, was he any so good? Was he any good when he played his guitar, or was he insufferable? He
1: he he noodled in a Pink Floyd manner, but it was it was was this odd sort of you know (laughs) push pull kind of thing where there'd be a raging hardcore band, and then between between bands there'd be you know twenty minutes of. Floyd s noodling from the sound man so
0: well I mean David Gilmore is one of my favorite guitarists uh, I, I I know I shouldn't be admitting that as a punk but he uh I don't know I don't even know if I'm a punk Bruce For, forget I said that but was he any That's was he, was he anywhere near that talent level or was it just horrible sort of thing
1: well again noodling? I'm, again you saying you shouldn't really know if you should say that as a punk I don't know if I should really say that as someone who is or make that judgment as someone who is twenty something and probably very drunk.
0: All right. Wow.
1: So I just I remember didn't... when we
0: played when we tried to play uh, the show place in Dover, and I don't know I, I, in my memory, we only went there once because I remember it was a long drive for the nihilistics all the way from Long Island to go to Dover, New Jersey. It it was out in the
1: middle of nowhere. It was in the middle of
0: nowhere. And it was, it was ostensibly a strip club. Wasn't it? I mean, was it, wasn't the showplace a strip club who started like a lot of these places in the eighties decided they were going to start staging shows, uh, hardcore and punk shows to bring in the kids and make a few bucks. It was one of those places where when you walked in, you were overwhelmed by the combined smell of, of puke, ammonia, and bleach. Like, they tried to cover up the puke smell with ammonia and bleach, and it didn't quite work. So, mostly, we stood around outside. Like, when other bands were playing, I was out in the parking lot, and the Nihilistics never got to play, because that's the night... And I I wrote about it in a short story that Mike got really drunk, and he used the N-word with Stefan of the False Prophets, called his girlfriend an N-word. Or actually, Mm -hmm. what he said to Stefan was... I didn't think you'd let any N-word lean against your van. And it was Ouch. Stefan's girlfriend. And and then Mike and I got into it because I said, hey, man, that's not cool. And he punched me in the face. Okay. And then and then he, he fell backwards, and he started laughing, and he didn't stop laughing. And Ron had to come and get him and collect him and uh, take him away. So we never... I remember
1: I remember him punching the building, the actual building itself.
0: Yeah, he punched me, too. He might have punched the building, but I remember him also punching me because I was more hurt. The sting of the betrayal was greater than the sting, you know, than the punch. The the fact that he punched me was worse than the physical pain of the punch because... I, I don't know. Have you been punched by any bandmates? You've been in AOD. You've been in the Brunch Mummies, the New Reagans, um, the Earl's of Sandwich, Total Dick. Did any of those other band members in those bands ever punch you in the face?
1: I don't think I've been in scuffles, uh, scuffles with bandmates. Not like real full-out scuffles, but I, I, I've been punched in the face before.
0: Okay. By band members? Or no?
1: Oh, not by band members. Not by band I've, members. Uh, my... my the biggest punch to my face was by a six foot skinhead in Pittsburgh.
0: Ooh, why?
1: Why which did... is why? I, which is why I can only breathe out of one nostril, and why I like spicy food to this very day.
0: What? What did this? Why? How? You have to drill down on that a little bit.
1: Uh, I think I had. I think I have a deviated septum because I got punched in the nose when I was younger. That's what I think happened. My God,
0: wouldn't you like to find yeah. that guy now? I would like to find Well,
1: you got to wonder. He's probably a lawyer or a congressman.
0: Ooh, could be,
1: yeah. Yes, back in the day... I never followed up.
0: Back in the day, and like, if we're going back to 1982, it was very hard, because you'd see a skinhead, and you didn't know if they were, as we used to say, are you a good skinhead or a bad skinhead? Because sure, some true. people were into the style, shockingly enough, they wanted to shave their heads and wear boots and braces, but they didn't embrace, uh, you know, National Socialism. Or whatever, sure. whatever the screwdriver people were involved with in England, you know that crap. Um, sure, but they they liked the music. They liked oi music. They liked two tone music. They liked ska, and so it was very sure. difficult. You couldn't tell on site if it was a friendly skinhead or a, I had a lot unfriendly.
1: of good friends that were skinheads. But you yeah. know the real. Turning Point was really in the mid-80s with the whole heraldo thing and daytime television. <laughs> and uh, what's his name? The guy that just passed away, uh, Metzger, right? Was it Metzger?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, Metzger. He, yeah.
1: He's the guy that realized the potential. And I have to say this is smart on his part because at that point, the whole sort of white power Aryan thing was kind of, aging out a little bit, that the group that was there at the time, and he was astute enough to realize there was new blood to be had, and he started recruiting from the the punk rock skinheads, pretty much.
0: And then uh, years later, the film Green Room uh, was born. So that pretty much sums up that process.
1: I, I actually saw that
0: film. Yeah, it was a good movie. I liked it. It had Patrick Stewart as a Nazi. Come on.
1: I did it I did enjoy it as well. And yeah. the other film by the same director is pretty good too. Yeah. I can't remember what that was. What's called
0: his though. face? I I can't remember his face. I can't remember yeah, his Yeah, I name. can't remember. But he's yeah, I he's done remember. a few good films. Look at them up. We're gonna be all over the map with uh, Bruce Wingate, by the way, so please try to follow along at home. Um, Buckle and, up. Uh you know, you mentioned uh somebody who died recently, Les McCowan from the Bay City Rollers died. Did you feel any link because, you know, AOD famously covered Saturday night? Did a sure, did little sure. part of you uh, shed a tear
1: for less? I, I genuinely like the Bay City Rollers. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't say I was a, uh, a roller fanatic, you mm-hmm. know, but, I mean, uh, obviously uh, what we were into was sort of against what they were theoretically, where they were th- theoretically coming from. But there was always that embracing of... Um, Stuff you're not supposed to embrace as a punk rocker, and that was one of the things. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but it's interestingly enough, I would be willing to bet that AOD was more squeaky clean than the Bay City Rollers. They they had a squeaky clean rep, but they were actually pretty nasty fellas. They ran people over, and they drank to excess, and they screwed people, and you know. So the the image was all uh, you know, fun and upbeat but uh it was scaling beneath the surface with with lice and other things just saying. sure i've heard yeah.
1: about that i've heard about that big quaalude fans from what i've read big big quaalude
0: fans. <laughs> i just remember when they were literally supposed to take over the world they were pitched as the new beatles that there was no i think people yeah. even called them like the this is the biggest thing since the beatles and i remember watching them going this this is the, the this is going to replace the Beatles, really? Yep, oh well. Uh, Less is dead, by the songs. way.
1: So, they had some really good songs. Yesterday's Heroes is an amazing song, it's probably my favorite song by them.
0: Yeah, and as bands that came out of S- Scotland go, uh, how many others can we think of off the top of our heads? There's n- other
1: than them and the Rosillos, really. That's it, will come to mind immediately.
0: Well, the Proclaimers weren't they Scottish? You
1: know, with the uh, 500 I miles. I might be right about yeah, that. Yeah, I will. Yeah, it might be right about that. I actually once mapped that out. By the way,
0: you did a family so tree the, of Scottish bands.
1: No, I mapped out the 500 miles they were <laughs> willing to walk and wanted to cover. I did a whole 500 uh, miles, uh, 500 uh, mile diameter, and and put a big circle around their hometown, just to show where they were willing to walk. <laughs>
0: so out, so where would they where would they get to from five hundred miles away? I, now I'm curious. Like where could they go? Was,
1: a lot of it was water as I recall. <laughs> I can't think of the farthest reaching. But right in now, the song up, he
0: says, and I will walk five hundred more. So he could he have walked a walk- thousand miles.
1: It's a thousand mile dia well, I can't remember if it was a radius or diameter. I can't yeah. remember. I'm terrible with math. But I know it was a thousand mile direction from their hometown because it was five hundred miles and five hundred more.
0: I just want to so see. Um, uh, I just want to see a video where he does that, and then he gets to the door, and he knocks on it, and the woman opens the door and 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 basically slams it in his face. That's what I want to see. Like after twenty minutes of screen time of him walking five hundred miles, is basically turned down. So.
1: I would imagine that Walk Back is a lot less jaunty than the one there.
0: Yeah, there's no... So- hey, you would be the person to write the song for the Walk Back. See, now you should About- do an <laughs> answer
1: song! An answer That's song! A- that- <laughs> Wait, this goes right along the line of my idea of writing a song called um, Party Like It's 29
0: dollars Ooh, wow. Well, like, you're getting... Or- uh, the folks who are listening on TheHoundNYC.com to Aerial View with uh, me and Bruce... Gator, getting a glimpse into what we used to do, sitting backstage, waiting to go on on a bill that usually contained eight or nine or ten bands when it there was, was a l- benefit, there was a lot of time to kill, yeah, you not only was it eight or nine or ten bands you weren't getting paid. Not only were you not getting yep. paid, you were spending your own money to put gas in the car and humping your own equipment up two flights of stairs to go and yep. play to a room of ten people. And uh, it was thrilling. It was th- all kinds of thrilling. But what I was—were
1: well, you involved in a? Uh, no, that wasn't. I don't know if that was you. I remember the one time um, a friend of mine and someone else put on a gig in Williamsburg and rented the space. It was near the bridge, and we had to go there on like a Tuesday, maybe, and bring lumber and uh, cinder blocks up to up these flights of stairs to build the stage, and then. Go And then go back to Jersey and then go to work and then wake up the next day and work again and then drive back there and play the show and then drive back home and then get up and go to work again. And and ultimately, I have a recording of the whole thing, and it's just one big fist fight. Oh, my <laughs> God. I wish. You really hear much of the music. There's hardly any songs played. And after all that work, it was just um, people on drugs fighting each other. Well, Listen, at least AOD
0: has on YouTube videos of you guys on stage. Uh, your lifespan was longer than the nihilistics. But the only video ever shot of us, because this is pre-everybody with a phone and and a camera in the phone, sure. is lost to time. Apparently, it was in Mike's basement when it got flooded. And so oh, unless wow. somebody else out there, like there's now video emerging from uh, Peppermint Lounge that the guy at the mixing position shot... So who knows? Sure. Video might emerge. I would love to see video someday. You Bef- never
1: know. You, you never, never know what people are sitting on.
0: But I think will pop up. did you record? Did you write any stuff down? Would you get home from a show and like, dear journal, dear journal, tonight at the club? <laughs> no, I was
1: not really uh, that. I I wouldn't do that. But I think a lot of the, the stuff I did. Of that nature, probably was in letter writing, to, uh, writing to people, writing to various friends and stuff, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. You're starting to put some of your letters uh, up on Facebook. It's always interesting to see the old letters. I and...
1: was a prolific letter writer. I love to get mail. And, they, and it, that was one of the cool things before the internet. It's one of the ways we kept in touch with people. And
0: yeah, I do have
1: letters from all It was very cool to be like, you know, 20-whatever and be getting mail from like you know germany poland california ohio canada everywhere really you know I, I i still like getting stuff in the mail to this day i don't i get a lot less i i keep promising no, to build. put something
0: in the mail to you and if it wasn't for uh who can i blame it on uh my my sheer laziness i would have done it by now there i'll take the blame sure i it's, sure. it's on its way to you. Don't worry about it. But, That's you know.
1: Fine. I'm an old, you know, when it gets here, it gets here, you
0: know. Listen, I'm proud that you, I don't know if proud is the right word. I'm happy that you kept that stuff. Because years ago, in the back pages of Maximum Rock and Roll, I made a pen pal with this girl out in, in San Francisco. And we uh-huh. wrote letters back and forth quite a bit. Like every week, there would be a couple of letters going back and forth. I even went on a plane and visited her. And those letters would have been during the peak nihilistics time. And I probably wrote to her a lot about what was going on in my life. And after that relationship, uh, which I thought was a relationship, and it turned out it was not like when when I went out there and she met me at San Francisco airport barefoot, I realized she was a hippie and I, <laughs> I was not into it. I was not feeling it. Like the hippie in her didn't come across in the letters. So you know, you sure. and and I took all the letters out in the backyard and I burned them. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, I, okay. and I and I and I I, re- I regret that to this day. I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I burn Sometimes all the letters? I would have loved to read those letters. No, what was that?
1: Sometimes you you just have to burn a hippie's letters. You know,
0: I know. Uh, let's tell everybody who Bruce is now that we're 35 minutes into the program. Uh, from uh, Elmwood Park, New Jersey, where they're now Elmwood Park. Uh, shooting season two of uh, the Wu-Tang and American Saga TV show, apparently, and um, somehow managed to meet up with uh, the other fellers in Adrenaline Overdose, namely uh, Paul Richardson, who's now a neighbor of mine, lives around the corner, uh, Dave Scott on drums and Jack Steeple's on base, and so what was that collision like? Where where did did you all meet in school or somewhere else?
1: Um, it was one of those things where everything sort of happened all at once, and uh, everything just aligned up perfectly. I I I believe I first met Jack it was which kicked the whole thing off. Um, Jack was like the new kid in. School. In school, literally, they bought him in in the middle of the class and introduced him. And then me just being a wise-ass, I was like, sit back here, by us cool kids. Mm. And then uh, and then he did. And then we discovered we were neighbors. And um, and then within like of two weeks or whatever, I convinced him to um, face his Rush Hemispheres T-shirt. And that punk was better than Rush. And then... <laughs> And then, uh, and we you know, I'm sure we discussed this down the railroad tracks, drinking beer a lot. and um, and then, from there, we both were it was right when we both were playing guitar. and then um, we met, uh, oh, I think we started playing in a couple bands at that point, and then um, were trying to form bands. And then we met Dave in one band we were actually in. Uh, we played a show in Clifton at, um no, excuse me, Passaic, at a place across from Two-Tone right next to the Capitol Theater. It was called the Diamond Chips Cafe. We played, one, we played one show there the same night that Jack Bruce was playing at the Capitol.
0: Oh, my God. You could have had Jack Bruce on bass if you had played your cards. We could or... have. Yeah.
1: There were a few people that were very confused that came to see Jack and Bruce and were like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're
0: not Jack Bruce. <laughs>
1: But um, that's how we met Dave and a bunch of other people from Clifton, really, and um, people that would come into play later on. And then we ended up putting an ad in the um, Aquarian, and that's how we met Paul. And then we had a – that was probably the last year uh, senior of high school. We had a band called – that was a band called East Patterson Boys Choir, and that was a total precursor to AOD – um, Dave wasn't on drums yet, but he was—you know—he was part of our crew at that point. He was just starting to play, and then after that broke up. That's when I moved to Texas, and then those guys formed AOD while I was away. And then, uh, and then by the time I got back, um, it wasn't long after I got back that Jim Foster wanted to, to leave AOD, and then, um, and then they just had me come in because it just was a natural thing to do. So.
0: So roughly uh, 1981 to 1990 would have been the original period for the yeah, band, that, somewhere around that, there. Yeah. Did it end in acrimony and bitter recrimin- recriminations and
1: tears, um, or what? We were done. We were we we were done. We kind of, you know, we just we we overstayed our welcome. Mm-hmm. We um we did a couple really dumb things, you know, like we told we were totally opposed to crossover thrash or speed metal kind of stuff. We just were not in retrospect we should have just went for it. Because mm. we all probably would have had Kitchen Islands by now. But um Yeah, you know,
0: we, there was that moment for the nihilistics as well when uh they wanted to bring yeah. in another guitarist and they wanted to go more up Judas Priest's ass, and I was not feeling it. I was like I I do not want to do this and and it was like that was the parting thing for me that was the reason I yeah couldn't... we didn't
1: want to do that either and then the one thing that we did which was kind of brilliant and stupid was we decided that we were going to play melodic punk rock like you know like maybe seven years before green day kind of so yeah. that was we decided we put out a record of that that no one gave a crap about and then uh then for the last record we were just like Listen to the cheap trick and maybe the replacement. And it was the last record with some weird amalgamation of. That which is no one cared about at that point, not even us. So um,
0: would that have been Ishtar? You mean which which record are you talking about? Yeah, me? Ishtar. Okay. Ishtar. yeah. That was, that because then you you put out Fat and Old, which was recorded live on WFMU. That's uh, right. that
1: was that was one of the first bouts of uh, re, of our reuniting. Actually, that was right. that Was very early in the nineties, I think.
0: Yeah. So the uh, somewhere around yeah okay. So and there's been various one off shows throughout, but you guys were scheduled yeah. to to Europe when the pandemic hit. I mean, I, I I I can't imagine how fucked up that is because you you know, you you, you had the itinerary, you probably had the shirts printed up, you had the merch ready to go. We and,
1: we were literally that we we'd never gone to Europe. We 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 were supposed to go once before four when we were originally together and for whatever reason it fell through. We yeah. got to the point where we had to go out and get passports and um yeah. it just didn't happen. And then, uh, and there were shows booked for that too, apparently. A bunch of shows booked in Germany. And, um, it never happened. And then we always said, you know, over the past, in, of the ensuing years, like, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll play a couple gigs, uh, you know, in New York, New Jersey, maybe, and that's really it. Yeah. But we always said if we were going to go on tour, we wanted to go to Europe. So, um, and there were a couple of times we were offered stuff, and then the timing just wasn't right. But this time, it just worked for everybody. And we had um, two weeks booked based around a festival in um, Blackpool, the Rebellion Fest in Blackpool, and um, we had a whole bunch of dates ready to go. And we were just filling in the the you know the empty days, and um, and then the pandemic happened. So. So now it's a matter of it's going to. We actually had a Zoom meeting the other day, I'm not a, a meeting about this, but it was discussed while we were chatting with each other. You know whether it's, it, it's conceivable that it, whether it will happen or not. And um, I sort of think personally that you know it's not obviously not going to happen next year. I don't think there is going to be any festivals or anything like that going on next year. And and for events to travel uh, to Europe, it's still going to be very difficult for a while. Um, Yeah. I've sort of said,
0: in my head,
1: like, if it doesn't happen by the time we all hit 60, it's it's pointless to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I feel stupid playing, you know, the songs that we wrote in our 20s when I'm, like, 60. I just, I, I think that's.
0: Well, I mean, it depends story. on who you take as your model. I mean, if you're looking at Iggy Pop, I mean, he's still out there and he's still well, performing, and you know is, people don't, you know, bust his balls about being an old fuck. And so.
1: No, that's true. But the thing know, is, the, the style of music we played and the reputation we had, we were really, really fast. Right. So, like, right. you know, as soon as you say reunion show, I personally, I think in the back of everyone's head is like, can they still do it? And I don't want to go out there feeling like I have yeah, but, something to prove like. But Bruce no,
0: Bruce, no one's going to an AOD show asking if you guys can still hit those high notes. I mean, can you still play the freaking guitar fast? That's what it comes down to. Are you Are you practicing? Are you practicing your runs? Are you sitting at home in Florida? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I was re- I was relying on muscle memory for most of the reason. Oh, <laughs> so, I know. I got, it's like if you yeah, asked me to play me a
0: nihilistic by. song now, I would just stare at you like blankly. I, I wouldn't know. Any of it?
1: So. Yeah, I just, I mean, I if I were if I were going to do something like that, I'd want to enjoy it. No, and mm. sh- not feel like I was running some sort of endurance competition. You know what I mean? Like yeah. an endurance event, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. That, and that's just where I lie. And you know, there's a certain point where it just. I don't know. It just—I—I I don't want it to ring false in any way. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, you were
0: always—you I mean, were always very conscious of sort of like not being a dick. So yeah, if if that meant you were going to be a dick, then then don't do it. You know, if if sure. if it feels like a dick move, then don't do it. Is what I'm saying. But if you think, yeah, I mean, this is my last I mean, go around with these guys who uh, you—I hope you like them and respect them and you'd want to spend time with them, then. You know, I'll come and sit sure. backstage and talk to you because it was always to me one of the more enjoyable things talking to you, talking to Alex from the misguided. There were a few other people that to me, sometimes those conversations were more enjoyable than the time I spent with my own band. <laughs> <And> it, was <laughs> like, it was like, you know, because because at a certain point, you're dealing with a lot of egos. You're dealing with people who think that this that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I always knew we weren't the greatest thing since sliced bread. I, bread. I, I I thought maybe the band is better than some other bands, and we could go on stage and put on a decent show. But I wasn't like this is going to make me rich. I mean,
1: <laughs> sure, sure. I I mean, no one was thinking in those terms at all. You know what I mean? Really? really was
0: was wasn't wasn't somebody thinking in those terms? I mean. I, I I was talking to Tony Rittman a few weeks ago. I said of all the bands that I came up with that I played alongside of, who thought the Beastie Boys were gonna be the breakout sure. mega millionaires of the whole thing? Sure. We all that's thought true. they were a joke. We all thought they were a joke.
1: Right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I, I mean, but when you're in it when we were in it though, and this is funny too, because I mean we've talked for a good what, twenty, twenty five minutes now about stuff that happened geez, almost 40 years ago. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's weird to have that, like, you know, I mean, I love having done it, but uh, I'm on that end now where there's some days I wake up and it's like the last thing I want to do is be Bruce from AOD. You know what I mean? I, mean, I, I hear you. A lot of other
0: and I apologize. But, you know, I, I think what, no, I see, no, that's that's, what I see what I see going fine. on is a lot of people talking about it now. There's a lot of podcasts and people talking about it. And sure, and I'm sure. like, you know, why can't I talk about it? Because I never talked about it before. I didn't go on every week and talk about this yeah, because sure, why sure. bother? It's understandable. You know, everybody else says, But, Will, you know, we can move into the conversation about Florida because you moved down there some years ago to take care of your mom. And I, I, I want to know, yeah. like, how much of a change was that for you, going from Danbury, Connecticut to Central Florida? It's, what kind of adjustments did you have to make?
1: It's been weird. You know, I, I actually – it's funny because I – um even before I moved here, things just started sort of went south for me. I had lot, gotten laid off from a job that I had since uh per, Hello. you
0: yeah, no, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still here. You got um, laid
1: off from a job? My 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 phone was just doing a weird thing. Um, mm-hmm. I thought we got disconnected. Um, yeah, I got laid off from a job I had for about 17 years, and or no, maybe 15 years, and. Uh, and I ended up finding out I had all these health problems that I, you know, didn't uh, need to take care of, uh, diabetes, and I had high blood pressure and this and that. And, mm-hmm. and then I had trouble finding work. So it was just like n- nothing much was happening for me up north at that point. And, um, and then my dad passed, and I, I kind of knew, like, I, I didn't want my mom to stay down here by herself. She was 80-whatever, you know, uh, 84 at that point, you know, 83 at that point. So, um, you know, I, I knew I was going to end up down here to take care of her. So, and that was fine. Um, you know, she's my mom. I'd go wherever she was, you know, and, um, uh, unfortunately it happened to be central Florida. So I, you know, I'm not the hugest fan of Florida. Um, I'm not an enormous fan now that I'm here. I mean, I've, there's interesting things about it, <clears throat> but, yeah. um, I'm in part of. I think we discussed briefly earlier how I'm in the non-touristy part of Florida. So I'm like in Florida, Florida.
0: Yeah. Literally,
1: there's there's nothing here. I'm if if you look at a map of Florida, I'm right in the middle of that whole state. Like right in the very middle. So um, to do anything, you know, touristy or even go to a beach, I've got to travel. either east or west, to get there. There are a lot of lakes around here, which is kind of cool, I guess. But, I mean, I've been here for four years, and I really haven't met anybody. I have my former bandmate, Dave, who lives uh, about an hour away. He lives in Orlando, and we hang out on occasion. At least we did Mm -hmm. pre-pandemic. But now that he's got his shot, uh, today, I think, I'm sure we'll be able to hang out again shortly, because I already had mine. But... um, you know, up north, I knew everybody. I I was like the, the nighttime mayor of my of my town, my neighborhood. You know, mm-hmm. I knew I knew the pizza man. I knew the mailman. I knew people in their twenties. I knew people in their seventies. I knew everybody. And then you move to someplace new and you don't know anybody. So it's been kind of weird. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: I find Florida weird to begin with. I mean, the closest I've come to where you are is probably, well, it seems to be equidistant between Ocala and Orlando. I, I was telling you earlier about my first time down there would have been in like 72 when they sure. they had Walt Disney World open for a year and my my grandmother and my aunt wanted to go and they took us, me and my brother, who was a year older than me, and we drove down to Florida. And I just yep. remember it being a very bizarre place that scared me in some ways. And we went to every crappy roadside museum that you could possibly go to. My grandmother would sit in the car while we went in because she couldn't stand that <laughs> stuff. And my, my aunt was a big uh, consumer of junk, whether it was junk museums or junk food or whatever. That's so great. she was always a lot more fun. Um, but, yeah, I've been to Florida five times since then, since 1972, okay. five times in total. Each time, I couldn't wait to get out of Florida, and each time, I felt like, what a bizarre place. Like, it just doesn't make s- that much sense to me. I understand people go there for the weather, but, you know, I I couldn't do it. So, God bless you for doing it, for taking care of your mom and going down there. It's, but
1: um, It's been interesting. Yeah. I have to say, I, uh, people here are very polite, and, well, and uh, that took some getting used to, I mean... It's it's uh, the people at work uh, say for instance in retail they they seem to be enjoying what you're doing and that it used to you know what I mean yeah people yeah. are actually friendly and polite to you and you know it's 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 different from up north but um it's funny I started going down to Florida when I was we would do a family vacation I had a grandmother who lived in Fort so we would literally load up the the Chrysler and drive down every summer for vacation. And, uh, we did the same thing. We went to a lot of those tourist sites and everything. Yeah. But it's funny. Cause when I was a kid, Florida just seemed like, so like tropical and foreign and mysterious. And, you yeah. know, I don't know if it was just cause they were like palm trees and sand. I'm sure you could have set up palm trees and sand anywhere. And it would have been like, Oh my God. But, um, and then when it came down as a, as an adult, when I was with the band, I came down. I was like, you know, this is a little bit weird. Not like I remembered it as a child. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And, and now I, you know, I mean, now I think most people's perception of Florida comes from the, the television show Cops, or like something similar to that. You know, yeah. Or, or Florida Man, the it.
0: phenomenon of Florida Man as yeah, well. You sure, know, yeah. there's that. Um, but I, I think we got something good out of it. We got mom updates out of it. I, you know, you you were nice enough to send me a copy. I had already ordered two from Half Letter oh, wow. Press. You now I have three good. copies. I got to send that's one good. of them to you to get it signed. But it's a, it's an actual printout. It's a, it's an actual book uh, that that brings together all of the mom updates that you did on Facebook, and uh, it's yep, you know Half it's hilarious. Half Letter Press is where you can find it, halfletterpress.com. I know there was a recent printing. They might still have copies, but get yours before they're gone. Uh, Let's just take a look at a random mom update from January 19, 2018. Mom update, uh, quote, remember I used to have those exercise tapes? What was her name again? And your response is (laughs) annoyed Jane. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> you and your mother must just laugh all day long. It sounds like do you we a- <laughs>
1: really do. Yeah, that's she's, good. Uh, she's always been really funny. She's kind yeah. sort of uh, she's funny in a way she doesn't realize. In fact, like when I told her that, you know, that uh, she knew that I would write stuff about her on Facebook, but she didn't know what the nature of it was. And then the one day I was like, "Look, this is what happened." <laughs> You know, copying everything you've said, and we're going to put it out in the book. And she was just so excited about it. It was really funny. But one of the funniest things about that was just sitting there, because I sat with her and we went through it to see if there's anything she didn't want to be published, you know. So it was the first time she was hearing a lot of this stuff back, and, and that was just great. We just laughed and laughed and laughed. It was It was really fun.
0: So, does your sense of humor come mostly from her? Would you say? Because in my case, I would have to say my mom had the sense of humor. My dad did not have a sense of humor. So, w- my
1: dad has a very dry sense of humor, and he's also got a sort of a dark sense of humor because he was a cop. Mm-hmm. So, all those first responder, you know, law enforcement, whatever, they've all got a, you know, they, I mean, they have to have a sense of humor to deal with what they deal with. You right, know what I mean? Right. So that's that that came in from there but i think a lot of it came from my my brother too like we discovered a lot of you know real and seminal stuff to our our sense of humor you know like Monty Python and Saturday night live and right. sctv i mean we love sctv
0: oh my god what was better than sctv please
1: it's the best. It's still my favorite comedy show, really. And yeah, um, I gotta, uh, I gotta uh, go
0: uh, SCTV, and then Kids in the Hall might be right below SCTV, and then sure, I, would, I might I have would to, agree with that. I might have to go with Monty Python in at number three, and then SNL if you're talking about comedy shows. But I know sure, that's going to yeah. be controversial. Some people are going to be like, "What? Monty Python's not at number one." But Monty Python was still a little too e- exotic, you know. It was British, so a lot of it I didn't necessarily sure. get even if I was a lot of it doing the routines as a kid, you know you miss
1: a lot of it that's true you're yeah. Very, you're very true about that whereas SCTV you're a little bit older and you could figure it out pretty much out immediately you know what I mean yeah
0: yeah um I, I I always appreciated your appreciation of the absurd because it's life is absurd you know and to get through it you have to be able to laugh about it It's been a tough time to get through this pandemic. How are you and your mother doing getting through all of this? What's happening now?
1: Um, We're doing all right, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it's in a weird way. Like I mentioned, I'm just kind of not really sociable since I got here. So the pandemic didn't really have much of an effect on me at all in terms of social distancing, you know. And my mom had a few places she'd go, like to church or whatever. She liked to go book shopping for used books because she likes to read murder mysteries and stuff like that. So uh, we made a few adjustments there and ordered more stuff online for her. But um, she's, she's fine. I mean, she's a trooper. She got her shots before I did. And. Just recently returned to church on Sunday, socially distanced church. Everyone's got to wear masks.
0: So, okay.
1: Um, you know she's doing great. Right. You know, we can't complain at all. Really, you know.
0: I'm glad to hear it. And uh, so, uh, do you ever foresee heading back north? Do you think Florida is it? Do you you know if you if you decided to head back north, would it be Connecticut? Would it be New Jersey?
1: This is the question that I think about. Mm. I mean, I guess I'll it in Florida from here on in. Okay. So um, I think about going back north, but again, where do I want to go? Why am I going there? Right. Other than other than actual pizza, I and w- my friends, of course. I miss my friends greatly. Yeah. So that I mean... makes, that makes me think I would probably end up in Connecticut. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I loved New Jersey growing up in New Jersey, but I, I sort of made a, a life for myself in Connecticut. So I spent more time in Connecticut than I did in New Jersey, really. So um, Jersey made me what I am. Connecticut refined me a little bit, right? Sp- sp- spiffed me up a little bit, so I can go to better, uh, better parties.
0: Well, so, um, I might when this is all over. I think I'm due for a road trip. Come down there and see you. Why the hell not? Take that would be one, outstanding. Either I would take one of those cheap flights or I would just drive down there and then we would all get together and have a beer or whatever the hell it is. Buy out of
1: Westchester. They have them daily. It's really cheap. The airport's small.
0: Oh, yeah. Is that Stewart, uh Newburgh? Are you talking about Newburgh Airport or whatever? No, Stewart White Airport? Planes. Oh, White Plains. White Plains.
1: All right. All right. Yep, they're cheap too.
0: They're like ninety nine dollars flights. Uh, wow. And where do they where do they take you to Orlando? And then you drive from Orlando. Orlando, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. we are almost out of time. It's gone by so fast. I got to have Bruce back again uh, because there's a lot we obviously didn't cover. Where can folks go to find you online and enjoy your particular brand of uh, wit?
1: Um, I'm at Bandcamp, Bruce George Wingate at Bandcamp, for right. a whole bunch of different music
0: spanning the decade. Going buy some music, you mother. And then uh, also you're on Facebook, look for Bruce George Wingate. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for taking some time to talk with me.
1: I had a, I had a great time. It was awesome. We will have to do it again.
0: Please. It was better than those other shows you've been doing, right? You've, there's no doubt. Kind of was, yeah. Okay. Kind of
1: right. was,
0: actually. Uh, that's because we go way back. And uh, let's stay in touch, you know. I always enjoy yeah, chatting with Bruce for a little bit. Uh, this has been Aerial View on the Hound NYC. Goodbye, Bruce.com. We're on Sundays. Hound howls at 3 p.m. Eastern time, followed by Crash and the Party. marketing. in. Doop Chop Shop of the Air. I'll turn it over to Vintage Hound Shows in just a bit. And don't forget, that cave is open again this weekend at 106 Partition Street in Saugerties, New York, noon to 5, Saturday and Sunday.
1: You to take your belongings with you and to get a receipt from the driver. Have a perfect day.